Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers bears fans fans of the shield everyone in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 95 of the talking the line podcast and as always Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful Wednesday of football analysis, most especially Bears analysis. But before we dive deep into all of that, talk some lines, talk a bunch of other stuff in between, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently in taking the TTL podcast on. If you are watching on YouTube, you might as well hit that notification bell as well, whatever side of the screen it's on. That way you never miss the start of a live show or any other TTL content dropping as there might be some new stuff coming soon. If you are listening to the audio recorded version, however, make sure you hit it there as well as we do release the audio after every live show is complete. Next item up on the docket, you got a couple extra seconds and you could find it in your heart to be so kind. Hit that like button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, jump in the live chat if you are watching live. We'll answer all your Bears questions, maybe Mags reluctantly, but definitely not me. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do, and it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description. I know where that's located. Within that, you will find the Talking the Line link tree. And within that link tree, you will locate all of the TTL Cruise content, social platforms, and the Talking the Line sports media, talkingtheline.com website. So you can consume all of that, however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful gambling people, as always, Bears fans, if you're joining us, fans of the NFL Shield. Anybody I left out not mentioning that is joining us on today's show. Welcome in. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. With that being said, I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45 Soroka, and it is my pleasure to not only get things started for you guys here today, but also bring in my partner and the co-host of the TTL pod. A man who I had to reluctantly drag in front of the camera here today because if you haven't ever been to a TTL podcast before, 
The young man bleeds green and gold. He was more than excited when QB12 showed back up in Cheesehead Country. He has promised that he will keep his Packers biases to a minimum today, but uh, you can already see him shaking his head. I myself will keep my Bears biases to a minimum, even though, ladies and gentlemen, I am wearing a Bears shirt, rocking Bears flip-flops, and potentially may or may not be wearing Bears shorts. Now, that all being said, let me bring in the co-host of the Talk the Line podcast, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley, R. Mags Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, it's a beautiful Wednesday here in the Windy City. I'm, uh, you know, as much as I hate this team that we're about to talk about today, that doesn't mean I don't enjoy talking about them because I do watch a great deal of Bears football. Uh, living here in the Windy City, it's tough to ignore watching them, uh, but I watch it from a different vein than you and all your Bears friends do. Uh, and I have my own biases, and they're a little different than your biases. And if, uh, you know, we've got some new Bears fans, followers, fans, watchers, you're probably not going to like me as much today. Um, so, uh, you know, sorry, not sorry, but, uh, you know, that's how it's going to be today. Hey, you're not going to like him as much today, but you definitely won't like him a lot during the NFL season. He's going to be a little bit more reserved today i do believe just because we are taking a more nfl analyst unbiased approach sports betting analyst approach rather than hey these are our teams pounding the wagon now i did have to match as always for the team Mm. of the day and it just so happens (laughs) that they were my favorite (laughs) team of the day would you know that maybe mags will wear uh gray on uh green bay packers day i'm I'm not sure i couldn't call it either way it was very tough to hold myself back from wearing green and yellow today but Either way, ladies and gentlemen, you came here for a certain reason, and that is for the entire Chicago Bears season preview. So it's time to get into those Chicago Bears, my Chicago Bears, your Chicago Bears, the Windy City Chicago Bears. What are they going to do this year? A lot of question marks happening. We obviously know Justin Fields coming in. We obviously know that a lot of people might think that that's the savior to all of our problems. Mags definitely is going to have some serious opinions on that. I might say pull the reins back just a tad, but I'm still absolutely enthralled with our number one pick. However, that all being said, we got plenty to discuss outside of all that nonsense. We're going to talk about the entire offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball as we have on every single episode. Going to talk about the coaching staff. Oh boy. That's going to be a wild one. We'll also get into the schedule. A lot of stuff to talk about there, ladies and gentlemen, Bears fans, everybody in between, and it's not looking good for the Chicago Bears. I got to be honest. I'm even saying that as a fan. It is not looking good at all schedule-wise for the Bears, so we got plenty to talk about there. That'll segue us into the full betting preview, week-by-week lines, full game totals for each week as well. We'll also talk about uh, some of the season total value, some of the different alternate total value on the season for the Bears, and then outside of that, some of the other bets that you can potentially, potentially cash some tickets on this upcoming season. We, of course... Don't keep you fantasy fans out of our minds because we are fantasy nerds at heart and have been in the same league together for about a decade, as I've told you guys multiple times now. So, of course, we'll bring you our rendition of fantasy advice, start, stash, or pass, and we'll talk about each positional grouping that potentially can be put in. I'm having a hell of a time with the word potentially today. Keep it going. (laughs) Uh, That can potentially uh, be placed into your fantasy lineup. Mm -hmm. Now, that'll do it all. For the Chicago Bears, we'll probably have more banter 
more shit in between. You know the deal. We're not suits. We're going to give you great analysis, but we're still going to probably go back and forth a little bit. So strap in for that. No ransom reactions. You know that by now. We'll bring that back once it's back to business as usual. Daily betting show, all that stuff. Once we get out of the NFL special editions. And then last but certainly not least, you give us your hard-earned time, your support, your following. I'm always going to pay it back to you guys. Colts Motivation Minutes wrapping up the show. There was a new song that dropped this morning by uh, one of my favorite artists, Russ. I know some of you probably have heard of him. Some of you might have not. And the beginning line... uh, Kind of was what I needed to hear today and just kind of hit me in a specific way. And I kind of want to give you uh, some of my thoughts on it and some of the perspective behind it. And then also share a little bit more in addition to that, uh, who is the man, Russ. So stick around. You need a little extra inspiration today for my motivation minutes. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get into episode number 95 of the TTL pod on Oh, You Thought I Forgot. Nope, you ain't got to check your calendars now. August 4th, 2021. It's hump day. We're almost there. The weekend is on the horizon, the distant horizon, but we can see it out there, ladies and gentlemen, and me and Mags are here to get you there one step at a time. So let's get into the Chicago Bears with the first segment, the traditional segment now, as it has become on the NFL Special Editions, the full Chicago Bears team breakdown. Now, if you haven't been around, you won't know where we're going. If you have been, you know where we're going. However, First things first, offensive side of the ball. Everybody loves offense. Now, some people like me love a good rowdy defense. Some hard hitting, some QB sacking, Mm. some nice intercepting. There's nothing about it that I don't love. However, there's some good high flying offenses that I'm a fan of as well. Now, can the Bears do that this season? We'll talk about that. However, we got to first talk about some of the key losses and key additions offensively for the Chicago Bears. Now, I'm going to handle things losses wise Mm -hmm. for the bears let me tell you a little bit about that and then i'll kick it over my partner he'll tell you about the additions then we'll ramble on about the chicago bears offense the outlook for the 2021 season quite a few losses here for the bears offensively if i do say so myself some names aren't going to matter as much some names are going to matter a lot they did lose bobby massey right tackle which is absolutely a brutal hit on the right side Uh, They also lost Charles Leno, left tackle on the left side here in the offseason. Not a big name, but they also lost Jason Spriggs at left tackle. So just showing you that it limits the depth there in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Not great for that offensive line with what looks like to be a couple of rookies. My partner will tell you about on the right and left side coming in this year. Cordero Patterson lost, obviously, a receiver. More of just a uh, plug-and-play threat for the Bears. Not a big loss. DeAndre Carter at wide receiver. Again, not a big loss, but again, limits the depth for that wide receiver room they're going to be missing mitch trubisky those die hard bears fans maybe some of you won't uh, he uh, shipped out to buffalo so he's out of there rashad coward right guard another not a big name but once again limiting the depth on the offensive line there in chicago lost taylor gabriel at wide receiver as well and then recently shipped out anthony miller to houston so there you go again limiting the depth at the wide receiver position Demetrius Harris uh, at tight end also hit the bricks. Once again, limiting depth (laughs) at the receiver position. I'm not uh, too sure that they plugged all the holes necessary and got the depth that they needed for some of those positions that they shipped out. But partner, why don't you tell us what they added either via the trade, draft, or free agent markets this 2020 offseason going into 2021? 
Alrighty, so as you all may know, the uh, I would say the draft was a bigger uh, bigger swing in a home run for the Bears than free agency was. As far as free agents go, obviously they picked up Andy Dalton. He's going to be uh, what appears to be the quarterback for the first few weeks here, QB1, to kick off the season. Damian Williams, they bring in off of free agency. Not a bad depth pickup there at running back. Marquise Goodwin at wide receiver and Elijah Wilkinson for right tackle. And then, as I mentioned, the draft was where they really hit some nice swings there in the early rounds of course Justin Fields most likely very likely that we're going to see him eventually in this season not sure when we're going to see that we'll obviously talk about that and then as my partner alluded to they did pick up a couple offensive tackles that could and uh, this guy Tevin Jenkins offensive tackle on the left side almost certainly going to get the start there at left tackle and then Larry Borum uh, going to be competing for some time there on the right side as partner mentioned and then a little more depth action for uh, running back and receiver Khalil Herbert at running back and Daz Newsome at wide receiver. So as I mentioned, those top three draft picks, I know Bears fans are really buzzing about them, and I can't uh, really gripe with them on that. I definitely like those top three. As far as the full draft, I'm not as obviously we'll have to see, but I really like Tevin Jenkins. I know Bears fans are really high on him, and I think he's going to be a nice little impact there to start the season there, partner. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope he starts week one, much like you. I think Andy Dalton's going to get the start. It's just not looking like the direction that Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor are going to go in, more specifically Matt Nagy, but we'll talk about that as well. However, I'm excited to see Justin Fields take the field because I've been watching that dog play football since he was in high school in Suwanee, Georgia. Jay Fields, if I happen perchance, you see this at some point in time, which you probably shouldn't be watching a sports gambling podcast probably at any not. point in time, but if anybody around him sees that, tell that man... You are a dog. Let's have a freaking season, boy. But either way, either way, let me digress if you can't tell how excited I am. <laughs> um, and that all being said, and you'll have your moment once we get around to the Packers. However, uh, that all being said, you know, we'll talk about the offensive line in each position here very shortly uh, once I give you a couple of 2020 key stats for the Bears. However, the addition of uh, Borum and Jenkins, they're on the uh, right and left, respectively, for those two guys. Both rookies, obviously, but it looks like those who are going to be starting. Uh, obviously, letting Charles Leno walk was a surprise to everybody, surprised even non-Bears fans. So the Bears put themselves in that position. Hopefully that they can provide that protection, but we uh, will give you our thoughts on all of that here in just a minute. But before we do, let me give you just some quick key offensive stats for the Chicago Bears in uh, 2020 that you should know about. I do believe this is the lowest yards per play total that we have talked about so far. Mm. Really hurts the old soul. Hopefully we see some improvements there. But the Bears only averaged 5.1 yards per play on offensive uh, side of the ball last year. Rushed the play on 30 or rushed the ball on 37.73% of their plays and passed on 62.27%. Between Foles and Trubisky, they had a 65.47 completion percentage. On third down, they converted 33.49% of the time. So we really need to see that bump up majorly this season, but we'll talk about that too. And then in the red zone, they only scored 56.14% of the time. You always like to see better than 50%, but you would definitely like to see more in that 60 to 65 range, especially with some of the quick speed weapons that these guys have in the tier one uh, short passing game from either right at the line of scrimmage or maybe five yards out so all that being said those are some of the key offensive stats per team rankings and also ones i pull out that i like uh, you guys to know about however 
Offensive side of the ball, my friend. Um, I was just talking about it, so we might as well just segue on right into it there, uh, the offensive line. Now, I'm sure you got plenty of opinions on that end of the spectrum. Um, kind of just kicking things off here. I talked about him, Tevin Jenkins, and then um, uh, Larry Borm. It looks like it's going to be. Uh, you know, I could go either way. I absolutely love Tevin Jenkins. I've talked about it before, multiple podcasts, how much I loved watching Oklahoma State um, uh, year over year in college football. Chuba Hubbard, um, not to mention some of the receivers, not to get into all of that, but I have watched Tevin Jenkins for a while too, and he's been very, very dominant. So I was glad when we added him as well on top of Justin Fields. I think he provides great protection on the left side. The right side has a little bit of question marks in my mind, but right there in the middle, returning the the classic guys, Cody Whitehair, uh, the center, Mustifer, I believe he is also new this season, and then you got Daniels returning as well. So I got some, I got a little bit of faith here that we improve. I don't think we can get worse. One thing I do believe the Bears offensive line needs to do is uh, provide some very solid run blocking. Mm-hmm. We got to get solid in the run game. Like I said, much with the Bills, we don't need to necessarily do it more. The passing game is actually much more successful than you would believe. And actually with a better quarterback, it's going to be become more successful. All the Bears need to do is just have better efficiency running the ball. They right. don't need to do it more. They just got to be more efficient. Partner, kicking things off, what do you think about this offensive line here in Chicago? I think it's going to be more of a middle-of-the-pack offensive line here. I don't think it's going to be terrible. I think there might be some growing pains. Maybe uh, maybe not growing pains, but maybe some rookie mistakes here from some of these young guys. So I, I, I'm not going to say that I have a ton of high hopes here, but I think earlier on in the season, it might honestly be better now that I'm talking myself into this aspect of it too. Give Justin Fields a couple of weeks. Get these young rookies in there the first couple of weeks. You don't want them making rookie mistakes and then uh, you know kind of ruining part of Justin Fields fields and his confidence there early on earlier on in the season right. so you know all in all on the entire season as a whole I think we're going to see a middle of the pack here offensive line but like you said it's the running blocking that they have to pick up and you know I'm uh I, I need to see it to believe it first if I'm being honest yeah I I do too I mean I I have very little faith that uh this offensive line is going to make a huge jump and mm-hmm. improvement per sharp football analysis they are the 26th ranked offensive line in the league right now so Obviously, those guys don't have much faith in them either. Uh, I'm a I'm a little bit higher just because I like those rookies. I like the additions, but obviously, too many doggone question marks to think that these guys uh, are going to be anything elite. Definitely middle of the pack or worse for the offensive line this year. Now we did both talk a little bit about Justin Fields. Didn't really mention much about Andy Dalton at all. Right. We both think obviously that Justin Fields is the more valuable of the two quarterbacks. However, when does Chicago decide to plug him in? That's going to be the big question mark. It definitely does not look like it's going to be week one. Um, You know, on sharp football analysis as well, he has him as the QB one on there, but it may be something more along week four, week five, week six. Um, Got some stuff to talk about week four, week five, week six with the schedule too and some stuff we should be concerned about, but we're not going to get into all of that yet. We're talking about the team. Uh, What are your thoughts as far as Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Bears potentially starting Andy Dalton for the first one through four weeks of the season? Right. Yeah, I don't know if we want to get too deep into the schedule aspect of it quite yet because Not it is yet, it yeah. is an interesting uh, question to talk about here yeah. because I do think we see Andy Dalton the first three weeks at the very least. 
Um, I do think he is a step up. I mean, obviously he's a step up. Otherwise, they'd still be looking at him. And he's a step up from Trubisky and Nick Foles. Not with that being said, I don't have high hopes for Andy Dalton here. I uh, I don't hate him. Obviously, he wasn't great in Dallas, but like I'm saying, I you know if he was anywhere close to what Nick Foles is, they would still be looking at Nick Foles, and there'd be a little bit more of a controversy there for this upcoming season. So yeah. through those first three weeks, I'm not sure what we're gonna see from Andy, but uh, you know it, it might be uh, it might be a little bit of an issue for me. I do believe it'll be a little bit of an issue for me as well, but we'll dive deep into that into, well, not, uh, into the schedule. Unbiased hat off or biased hat back on. It's not an issue not at all an for issue, me. Whatever for the Packers, <laughs> not not whatsoever. But uh, once again, per sharp football analysis, the twenty one ranked, twenty first ranked quarterback room in the NFL right now. So obviously there is plenty of room for improvement yeah. upon that number with the ability of Justin Fields, both on the ground with his legs and then through the air with his arm. But a lot of question marks as to are the Bears actually going to play him correctly? Are they going to break him? We'll talk about all of that as well as we get into the coaching staff too. Um, last are a couple other positions obviously worth noting. Standing either to the right or left or maybe behind Justin Fields, you got some running backs. We got to talk about those boys too because I think we see some improvement out of that backfield this season. First things first, RB1 for the Bears, David Montgomery. I'm a big fan this year. Uh, some behind the scenes. Obviously, I follow all the Bears accounts on Twitter and stuff like that. So some of the behind the scenes stuff. He's coming in this season with a dog mentality. Um, he had to take an enormous workload with Tyreek Cohen going out last season. So I think he's able to rest up a little bit. And it's going to be a little bit more quality over quantity for David Montgomery this season. Mentioned Tyreek Cohen. Him being back is great. Going to give us a solid receiving option. Will Matt Nagy be able to improve the running back's passing game? I am not for sure, but we'll also talk about that as well. Outside of that, they did sign um, the running back Damian Williams. Or mm -hmm. no, I'm, or they also signed Damian Williams right. yeah, out of Kansas City. I absolutely love that signing. I've been a big fan of Damian Williams. Pretty consistent guy. I've had uh, stashed on my bench throughout fantasy seasons. Maybe a plug-and-play RB2 or flex. Uh, also talk about that as well. And then I do not mind the addition of Khalil Herbert. Uh, just kind of a depth add. The Bears, mm -hmm. Bears have solid depth at they running back. Now, yeah. And he was really good at Virginia Tech. I uh, watched a lot of Hokies games as well you know I'm uh we're both huge fans of college football so right. being able to see some of these guys and then make the jump to some of our favorite teams um in the NFL is, is just dope so partner what do you think about the RB room the uh some of the rookie class coming in here for uh the Chicago Bears yeah, I will say I do like the depth a lot more than I have in the past. Uh, as far as David Montgomery, he really started to, at least his yardage numbers and touchdowns, they picked up at the end of the season. Uh, you know, whether or not that was Bill Lazor calling plays or, you know, the weak defensive opponents that they were facing, I'm not sure. But as far as this year, kind of like you said, he did have to take on a little bit more of that workload, and we might see it at the beginning of the season. But uh, I think it all comes down to the offensive line once again. I'm circling right back to that. Yeah. Um, if they aren't run blocking well, like we, you were already saying, they have to just be more efficient they don't have to do it more they just have to do it more efficiently and I think it comes down to that offensive line because I do like David Montgomery but I don't think he's talented enough to make a mediocre to bad offensive line look really good he needs an offensive line that is middle to above the middle of the pack or higher for him to excel and be into that you know top I wouldn't I don't even want to say top five but top 10 running back range there 
Sure. I, uh, I concur pretty much everywhere where, where you're yeah. at, as it sounds like you do with me as well in the running back room. Uh, so sounds like some good production ahead for the running back room, some solid depth that they can depend on throughout the course of the year. But somewhere where they're lacking a little bit of depth is the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously... We know they got AR, Allen Robinson, coming back. And, you know, regardless of who he's got in the pocket, regardless of what the Bears are doing, he produces. It doesn't matter. You can always count on that for yeah. Allen Robinson. Now, outside of that, we uh, we thought that Anthony Miller was going to stick around. Free agency was kind of rumor. And now he's on out of town into uh, Houston, Texas with the Houston Texans. Uh, that being said, they did pick up uh, Daz Newsom. In the draft out of North Carolina, again, watched some uh, many amount of North Carolina football games. Loved watching Daz Newsom. Mm-hmm. I am a big, big fan of that pick. I think he has enormous upside going into the 2021 season and then further on into his rookie deal. And then some of the guys also that I am uh, very interested to see. Darnell Mooney had a very, very, very solid rookie season. Now, you might not think so because of some of the big draw or not the even the drop some of the big overthrows some of the things but that's the key thing there he actually led rookies um either in receptions or yardage total one of the categories i apologize not for knowing that right off the bat however number 11 is due for a season because one of the reasons he was not producing on the level an elite level like i believe he can is because of those overthrows on the deep ball and that is where darnell mooney makes his money he is not a short route short slant in and out kind of guy he is a fade deep bomb get me out open rip the cover off the top of the defense kind of receiver I think we see serious improvement from him this season I think he is worth a stash in fantasy and I'll tell you some more reasons once we get to start stash or pass but I think that's solid they also picked up Demir Bird at a free agency. So, you know, he didn't make a huge impact in New England when he was there for two right. seasons, I believe. You know, I'm not running to the to the mountains, screaming it from the rooftops, saying, oh, we got Demir Bird, but I think a decent depth add. I'm, I'm not in love with it by any means. And then, uh, obviously, you got Cole Komet as well. Uh, kept Jimmy Graham around, if I do believe, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So, yep. yeah, kept Jimmy Graham around. So we'll see what they do. Um, obviously, having two tight ends has always been very successful for the Bears, and I think they need to continue to do that as well in that department. However... As far as the Bears wide receivers, obviously lock, lacking a lot of depth. Where your head at here, my friend? Pretty similar to you are. I yeah, I can't say a bad word about Allen Robinson, man. He had three different quarterbacks or two or three different quarterbacks thrown to him last season. He still put up fantastic numbers. If you get some type of consistency there, he's going to have a fantastic year. Uh, and as far as Mooney, I also kind of like Moody, Mooney, excuse me. I don't know if I like him to the level that Bears fans like him. I know they are very, very high on him. And I can't fault you for that because I have seen all the clips, the separation that he does get. Uh, but obviously he needs some type of consistency as well. Um, so I do think that's a nice, uh, obviously the Bears have some type of confidence in him or else they wouldn't have shipped Anthony Miller out like that and put all the, you know, all the the weight on his shoulders at the number two position here right but as far as the depth i'm right there with you i don't like the depth at all especially you know anthony miller i know the bears fans didn't like him as much he was a little bit disappointing but he did help your depth a little bit there so i'm not a fan of the depth at all but mooney honestly is gonna have to shoulder a lot of that load uh specifically because of that depth because i don't think there's a lot of playmakers behind him at least not this year maybe newsome can turn into something down the road but i'm not super high on the rest of these guys going forward here 
Me either, but I do have my fingers crossed as a Bears fan. I do see the upside and potential, so hopefully we are able to unlock that with solid play calling and solid quarterback play this season. That's where I'm at with my biased hat back on as a Bears fan. However, that does it for all of the offensive side of the ball. We usually spend just a little bit longer on that side of things. However, if you need more fantasy advice, you want more fantasy advice, everything like that, we'll be sure to cover it position by position in the start, stash, or pass segment. So make sure you stick around all the way for the fourth segment of the day. But moving on along, flipping scripts, if you will, mm-hmm. defensive side of the ball. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, First things first, before I tell you about that, offense uh, is offensive coordinator, uh, coached, but not really going to be coached. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Bill Lazor is once again the offensive coordinator coming in for year two. This year for defense, brand new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. Not too sure what we're going to see from Sean. I'm a little concerned, and here's my hot take. Sean was the defensive back coordinator uh, the year before, and I'm very high on him. I think he's a great coach. Uh, No knock against him whatsoever, but I'm concerned that this defense is trending in the wrong way fast, not because of talent, but just because of how they have pieces put in there together. They have very successful pieces and very non-successful pieces, and it's starting to become a very pieced together defense rather than that dominant playoff one that we wanted to see. So I'm afraid... If the defense struggles, Sean Desai is going to be the scapegoat, and they're going to say it's all his fault and his new implementation. Now, I'm fingers crossed, hoping that does not happen, but that is my hot take. I'm kind of afraid that's what does happen because, man, oh, man, this defense, I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but it just is not, in my mind, it's not looking right now. Now, I'm a Bears fan. You see what's on my chest. In my mind, it is just not looking what it it has been the last couple seasons. What do you think as far as that, partner? I'm kind of right there with you. I can definitely see where your head is at with that one. Uh, you know, we definitely have diff. I wouldn't say different opinions on this specifically, but you obviously, you know, the Bears' history is defense, 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 great defenses. Whereas my Packers fandom is offense, offense, offense. At least in my lifetime. Right. So I would love to have a defense with some of these names on them, but I'm not, uh, you know, putting down what you're saying because I think they're going to have some holes. And you absolutely, excuse me, you obviously alluded to that uh, with some big names mm-hmm. and then some, uh, you know, you know, I, yeah, these holes they really right. are. And right. uh, you know, Desmond Trufant is there. You're obviously going to talk about him in a second. And there's just going to be guys that might get picked on here. Yeah. And it's really going to fall on the pass rush if you ask me, Khalil Mack, uh, Robert Quinn, and then uh, obviously I'm a huge fan of Akeem Hicks, even mm-hmm. with my fandom here. He's a game wrecker, and uh, you know, obviously, he had some health issues this past year, so that's a big key there. He has he's as important, if not the most important player on this defense. Yeah, I I cannot agree with you more. We'll talk plenty about each guy and, and those holes. I'm glad because that's kind of what I was trying to allude right. to is, is that there's just some glaring holes that we got to talk about. Um, but just like we did for offense, let's kick it off. Uh, some of the key uh, defensive additions and losses. As I kick it off with losses on the offensive side of the ball, my partner does that for the defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. So this one hurts me a little bit more. This one's, uh, wow, this created a lot of holes with some of the defensive losses. But, uh, partner, why don't you let us have it? What did the Bears have on uh, the defensive side of the ball loss-wise? All righty, so the biggest loss of their defense is a pretty sizable one. Kyle Fuller, cornerback, former two-time Pro Bowler, I do <laughs> believe, uh, played all 16 games last year. That is a big hole that is uh, potentially not getting filled, at least to his caliber, 
quite yet this season. They also lost Barcavius Mingo off the edge. He also played 16 games. These are a little bit less, of, uh, definitely less of the stature that Kyle Fuller is, but still some decent depth loss here. Brent Urban on the interior played 16 games for him last year. John Jenkins interior defensive line as well. Also played 11 games. Roy Robertson Harris played eight games in the interior. And then a couple other corners that I'm not sure you're as high on, but definitely some depth there. Buster Screen and Sherrick McManus both played 11 and 12 games, respectively, between the two. Sherrick McManus, not as high. I liked his special teams sure. ability. Uh, he was a great a great guy on special teams. However, uh, I was a big fan of Buster Screen. He was slowly starting to improve, and I was much like a lot of the Bears guys. I, I saw his potential, and I, and I thought this year with the Bears was going to be a dominant year, but obviously the Bears didn't, and uh, told him to pack his bags and get the fuck out. That's what they told him. Yeah. So uh, all that being said, before we uh, dive deep into the uh, all the other defensive side of the ball, how about some of the key defensive additions for the Chicago Bears this season? Um, as far as via free agency and the trade market, they were pretty active defensively. They had added Angelo Blackson, who I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of at the interior defensive line. Also, Jeremiah Tachu. I've always been a huge fan of Tachu, so I'm not disappointed to see him on the Bears. Uh, he is also an edge rusher, so we'll give Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn that much-needed rest uh, from down to down because that was kind of some of the downfall of the Bears. Mm-hmm. Those guys had to play so many doggone downs back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. You get to those late downs, maybe the 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th play of the drive. Those boys are tired. They're not getting, right. they're not getting the QB pressure that they were on the 1st, 2nd, 3rd play of the, of the drive. Right, and I, from my own experience as a Packers fan, when those guys are on the sidelines, we're licking our chops. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, you know, we got a nice little couple plays coming our way here. Yeah, we got we got to <laughs> move the ball quick. So that definitely helps on that side. Uh, they also added Christian Jones, uh, linebacker Desmond Trufant, defensive back, who I do not believe is the uh, hole filler. It, I, I believe that's a square peg going in a round hole yeah. to replace Kyle Fuller, if you <laughs> yeah. will. Uh, outside of that, they also brought in Austin Calitro. Uh, Not too sure about him. Uh, new name to me, but uh, at the linebacker position. They were very, very heavy in the draft, them being the Bears. Uh, on the offensive side sure. of the ball, only took two defensive guys out of their uh, seven picks in total. Uh, they took defensive back Thomas Graham out of Oregon so I do like that add uh still not as much depth as I would like to see in the defensive back room and then they took Chris Tonga out of BYU defensive tackle so a little bit more depth there for the defensive line but then again how fast does a rookie get plug and played into this defense and that defensive line right so we're on it. We're talking about it right before we dive deep into the defensive line, ladies and gentlemen, and we rant and react and talk all about this nonsense. Some quick 2020 defensive stats. The Bears, still pretty doggone good. The Bears, 5.4 opponent yards allowed per play last season. Their opponent completion percentage was a little bit higher than usual, 64.51%, but I think think that's going to kind of trend up a little bit this season as much as I hate to say it Bears fans opponent third down conversion percentage was at 40.09 percent so not too terrible I'd like to see him keep it right around there and then in the red zone they allowed opponents to score 56.14 percent of the time so not too bad obviously anything 50 and lower is terrific but uh, there's some of the kind of key stats from 2020 and then maybe looking into 2021 defensively for the Bears. But let's talk about it. Uh, Kick things off with the aforementioned defensive line. We were talking about that a lot. 
obviously you guys know the core very excited um to see what these guys continue to do khalil mack you know the man you don't have to even talk about him the name at this point precedes itself robert quinn i hope we see some improvement on that side he was very very solid for the cowboys for some time the cowboys shipped him out of town and then he just didn't have the production last season that the bears i think were uh, thinking that they were going to get from him so i do believe we see some improvement there but that's more of a fingers crossed bear side of the things uh as an analyst i think robert quinn kind of stays the same however very very interested uh to see the return of eddie goldman uh he said sat out opted out for covid for the 2020 season so he's back for 2021 was obviously a dominant force for us year over year so cannot wait to have him back and then the man the myth the legend akeem hicks mm -hmm. uh i mean one of the most dominant run stoppers in the national football league so i think he continues to do that the biggest question mark to me is what are some of these rookies going to do we don't really have a whole bunch of depth. I mean, we do have some solid additions uh, via free agency in the trade market. So I think the, the offensive line should remain dominant. And I think the Bears fixed that problem of being able to have guys who can maybe not completely fixed it, but had guys who can be replacements for the outside Khalil Mack, Akeem right. Hicks on some of those downs when they got to come out of the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm for the most part, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, teams are still going to be pretty happy to see those guys take a breath or breather on the sideline no, no question no about question. it i mean these you know four or five six guys are really going to have to shoulder as much if not even more of the load that they already have been the past couple of seasons if they want if this defense wants to be successful because like we said kyle fuller's on out of there eddie jackson is still very good but there's only so much you can do in that secondary and the pass rush is going to be absolutely critical if they can get to the pass uh if the they can get to the QB. They're playing a lot of good QBs this year. They're ha going to have to. If they don't, it's it's it might be an ugly one, man. It might be. But I think they will. I think they will. Yeah. But the remainder of the front seven, the guys, the linebackers right behind them, we got to talk about them too just briefly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Roquan Smith, my man Roe, looking good, still looking dominant. No right. question marks in my mind for him. But Danny Trevathan, I, 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 in my mind, you know, he would eat me for breakfast. I got no foot to stand on, but I do got to see some improvements. He looked a little bit stuck in the mud last year, mm -hmm. just didn't have the quick reflexibility. And if we're going to be running zone on the defensive side of the ball, that's just not going to work all too well. So we got to see some improvements there. Uh, sounds like you're kind of thinking about the same as me. And then uh, kind of wrapping up the defensive side of the ball before we jump into the schedule, keep this show steaming on down the tracks. We got the defensive back room. You obviously already heard me talk about it. Desmond Trufant, I'm not very high on at all. Um, hey, I mean, I think every uh, uh, old dog deserves a chance, but uh, in my mind, <laughs> not on my Chicago Bears, please, and thank you. I don't think that that was the, uh, like I said, peg to fill the hole that was uh, the loss of Kyle Fuller. However, super high on Jalen Johnson. I think his sophomore season is going to be lights out. I loved watching him at Utah. Once again, if you need to know how much of a college football fan I am, I mean, I'm literally telling you where all these guys right. are playing. So uh, I loved watching Jalen Johnson at Utah. Big fan of that. Now, one guy I don't know too much about is uh, Shelly. That's going to be interesting to me. I, I honestly have no clue in the world. Uh, to give him the proper credit, his uh, first name is Duke Shelly. Uh, so looks like 5'8", 183. So looks like uh, he should be somebody that can cover the slot decently, be pretty fast. And then uh, in the deep backfield, he obviously got Eddie Jackson returning once again. And then Tashawn Gibson returning once again. Per sharp football analysis, and 
also common football knowledge, this is actually the first defensive back to come back in year two being Deshaun Gibson to match with Eddie Goldman or Eddie Eddie Jackson ah. since the loss of Adrian Amos okay. to your Packers. I see. But so I I think there's some glaring holes. Yeah. I think Jalen Johnson improves. I think Eddie Jackson stays Eddie Jackson, but he might decline a little bit to the mean because he might have to continue to do it all. Yeah. That's his role, but when he has to be forced to do it, not so good for Eddie. Right. Um, you know, to Sean, I think we see improvement from him as well, but in my mind, the biggest question mark here um, is he is definitely going to be Desmond Trufant. I don't know much about Duke Shelley, and Desmond Trufant I, I just don't think is, is going to be that elite coverage corner that we need. No, I mean, according to uh, Sharp Football Analysis, Desmond Trufant was ranked 117th in adjusted yards allowed per coverage snap last year with the Lions, so... Not really uh, going to be any optimism for improvement on that. It might even get worse. He might not even finish. I would actually put my money on him not even finishing this season with the Bears this season. I think he gets shipped out after a few weeks of that type of production here. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of nice things to say about Eddie Jackson, but without that complete defense that we saw a couple of years ago, he's just not the ball hawker. He just doesn't have the opportunities to be a ball hawker like he was in, I believe, 2018. So, like I said, I've got nice to think, nice say, nice things to say say about eddie jackson but uh yeah kind of like we're both saying that it's just a little too much that he has to shoulder the weight there in the secondary yeah just too many doggone holes in that secondary too much for eddie jackson and you know uh, this front seven i think will remain dominant i think we need to you already hear me say it see much much more improvement from danny trevathan here yeah. but outside of that i think the defense remains dominant but please bears fans this is me again talking to you colt the bears fan temper expectations for this defense this year i i just don't think it's going to be the playoff star-studded team we we talked about it two years ago if we didn't get it done if you were a true bears fan you were talking about it if we didn't get it done this defense was going to start parting ways and i think we're going to start seeing it here but i digress we'll talk more about the defense when we get to fantasy all of that quick pit stop before we get into the schedule and talk about all that nonsense and get into the juicy stuff that you really came here for the betting the cash in tickets the running tickets to the window all that stuff in between that we always dish out getting into it very quickly hold on one second the coaching staff for the chicago bears mm. some things that you need to know about as well in this department head coach matt Nagy coming in for year four here ladies and gentlemen uh great season the beautiful mind in 2018 <laughs> and then 2019 and 2020 uh back-to-back -back eight and eight seasons now the clusterfuck that was last season to be able to pull out eight and eight blows my mind yep blows my mind everybody was super high on the early start and we'll talk about a potential early start as well last season the hot early start and, uh, you know, I say, hey, 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 everybody relax. Everybody relax. I'm not too sure. And uh, some of that, those uh, offensive flaws really got exposed. Nagy just didn't continue to improve that offense and do some of the things that you need to do in today's NFL, particularly things like play action, right. things like pre-snap motion, mm -hmm. things like actually running personnels that you have tons of success in. Correct. Things he does not do. Enter offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, who did all of those things when he assumed play calling duties in week 10 last year. I didn't really remember. I mean, I remembered it and then I read about it again and I remember just how absolutely F double O 
K-E-D, that was, of Nagy. He literally gave Bill Lazor the play-calling duties 72 hours before they played the Vikings in the biggest damn game of the season before the bye week. Mm -hmm. Absolutely insane. However, <laughs> as Lazor got the offensive play-calling duties, the Bears' offense improved. We'll talk about a lot of that, uh, a lot of the things that he was able to do as well. Um, actually, just to tell you about it now. He was able to actually improve that aforementioned play action and pre-snap motion. He was able to improve and actually use the personnel groupings that the Bears were really good in. The thing that Matt Nagy that I already mentioned in this show can't do is get efficiency out of running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. And Bill Lazor was able to do that damn thing. And then one, oh, one thing that Matt Nagy couldn't uh, figure out how to do, he was able to get something out of Mitch Trubisky. The quarterback mind coming out of the Andy Reid tree that is the beloved Matt Nagy, uh, maybe not so much, wasn't able to fix Mitch Trubisky in a very short amount of weeks Bill Lazor was. So, hey, Bill Lazor's calling the offensive play calls again this year, right? He did all, he fixed, not a damn chance. Uh, Bears fans, I'm sorry. If you didn't know, Matt Nagy is reassuming play calling. Uh, and if you didn't know anybody else out there, he's reassuming play calling duties for the 2021 season. Right. So there's no other option here now. If Nagy messes up in any capacity whatsoever, this offense struggles in any form, shape of the word, once again, the Bears front office going to look at him and potentially pace too and say, so, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And I don't think he can really give it over to Laser, uh, you know, at some point in time, just dish it back on over to him. And then last but certainly not least, if you had any closing thoughts here before we go to the schedule, Sean Desai, I don't know what we're going to see from him. Mm. I don't know what we're going to get from him. I don't have any strong opinions. I loved him in the DB room as the coordinator. I got no clue whatsoever. You heard my hot take earlier. I don't want it to happen, but I'm afeard he might become a scapegoat if this defense struggles at all. Like, I think it might. Any closing thoughts on the team breakdown before we dive into the schedule, my friend? Yeah, I want Matt Nagy to be the uh, play caller for as long as, uh, as a Packers fan. I want him to be the play caller for as long as he uh, chooses to be. Um, the one thing that, you know, if you're Matt Nagy, you want to excuse all those different splits because it was glaring as far as reading them. The laser took over. Obviously, like you said, the one game where he did take over like three days before it was against the Vikings. Bad offensive performance there, but like you said, 72 hours to prepare for Bill Lazor. After that, the offense improved pretty significantly. It was against some really bad defenses. Having said that, it still is an improvement. No question about it. It would have been an improvement uh, from what Matt Nagy would have done. Um, so, uh, you know, I think we might see this exact same thing happen again this year. And if the exact same thing happens again, I don't know how you don't take the keys away from Matt Nagy going forward beyond that. Even if the Bears find themselves in the playoffs like they did at 9-8 and eight or something like that where Matt Nagy struggles, Bill Lazor comes in, injects some life into the offseason or into the offense and gets him into the playoffs. Even if they make the playoffs, I don't know how you say, hey, hey, Matt, maybe that's, uh, you know, this seems like a little bit of a trend here and uh, good old Bill's going to be the guy now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which direction they go. I, it, I we're kind a of lot both of egos on... at play here, it seems like. They're very They're, much it does, It's not even seems like. I can tell you that. And especially like, like we're saying, Matt Nagy is supposed to be this offensive guru. It seems like his own ego is 
eating away at him to, you know, be even smarter than what these numbers are saying. It's like he reads what uh, Warren Sharp is like, excuse me. It's like he reads what Warren Sharp writes here and is like, screw you, Warren. I can be smarter than you. I'm going to outsmart you. And, yeah. you know, he just doesn't. Yeah. He just doesn't. Yeah, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, know. I mean, honestly, that's not an, a biased opinion whatsoever from Packersville. That is, uh, that's straight up point blank period. So, that does it Extend for Matt. the entire team <laughs> breakdown and coaching staff breakdown. Uh, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about the good stuff. First things first, quick pit stop for the entire schedule breakdown. Let's keep this show steaming down the tracks, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot believe we've already been talking to you guys for 45 minutes just about the doggone team so far. I can believe it. I can believe it, too. So let's keep it rock and rolling. Here we go. Schedule breakdown. Now, my friends, I told you just a little while ago that it is not looking too spectacular for the Chicago Bears going into uh, 2021 here. Uh, They do have a rather tough schedule. Not going to lie about it. No question in my mind. However, a couple key things I think you guys should know about. One, the schedule makers have screwed us. If you look at the schedule, we start... Obviously, the Sunday night or the Monday night football game against the Rams. Sunday night. Sunday night, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, against the Rams in LA. And then repeating all the way until week 18, we go week two home, week three away, home, away, home, away, home, away, and close out the season week 18 against Minnesota. I don't know what schedule maker decided that that was going to be a good idea, but you already see this guy already bouncing with joy because he's just going to get a <laughs> can help ob- myself there. He's going to get an obliterated Bears team, I do believe, coming in in week six and in week fourteen against his Packers. Now we'll talk about each of the opponents in uh, in specific once we get into the uh, betting lines and uh, stuff like that. Uh, but just quickly run through. One, two, and three against the aforementioned Rams, Bengals, and Browns. Four, five, and six Lions, Raiders, and the aforementioned Packers. Seven, eight, and nine the Buccaneers, 49ers, and Steelers. Got the buy in week 10, and then week 11, 12, and 13, you got Baltimore, uh, Detroit Lions, a new uh, Motor City Dan Campbell. We'll talk about him uh, in a couple of days. Arizona Cardinals. And then 14, 15, and 16, they got the Packers again. First game against the Vikings, and then the Seattle Seahawks, the traditional. Seahawks game and then close out the season with the traditional New York Giant game and then the aforementioned game against the Vikings so not a very easy schedule uh, by by my assumptions here if I do say so myself ladies and gentlemen but there is one other key thing outside of the home away goofy splits all that weird stuff going on that needs to be mentioned the Bears are in one of the worst positions in the NFL if not the worst, when it comes to being prepared, getting prepared for a game or against an opponent, and their rest mm-hmm. against a specific opponent. That is some of the worst numbers I've seen for the Bears. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous. I cannot even explain it to you guys. A few uh, key things you need to know about and uh, we need to be very leery about. We play six opponents that have over a week to prepare for us. Correct. Four of those are back-to-back-to-back-to-back. We also play an opponent uh, that has less than two weeks to uh, prep only twice this season, so we don't get much of a break there at all. We come in to a game with five rest disadvantages 
and we only have two rest advantages during the course of the entire 18-week season. And one of them is the Baltimore Ravens. And one of them is the Baltimore (laughs) Ravens. We play two short-week road games, and we play two games off of a road Sunday night or Monday night football game, and one of them is in week two at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. So hopefully we can get that win. Now, I hope you can wrap your mind around all those stats and trends because that's not good at all, my friends. We are not in a good position to, if we battle any injuries, battle any issues, we told you about the depth issues, not only on the offense, but on the defensive side of the ball. If we have any of those issues... It could be bye-bye Bears 2021 season very quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, my man. It, uh, it The schedule disadvantage are pretty glaring, especially when you look at the certain teams. I mean, to talk about my Packers, you get the Packers off of their bye week in Lambeau on Sunday night in week 14. You've got a rest advantage in one of the Vikings games. You've got a rest disadvantage against the Cardinals, which is going to be an important game for you guys. Uh, not that I don't I don't think it matters either way, but you got to not a very good rest advantage against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Obviously, you beat them last year, so who knows? But that's not going to help. Uh, and then I mentioned one of your two rest advantages is the Baltimore Ravens. That's not great. And then the one uh, that the other one is a nice little rest one day advantage against the Raiders. So uh, that's obviously a winnable game. But aside from that, it is not looking good as far as these rest splits. A lot of uh, primetime games for a team that won eight games last year. Yeah. But maybe that's a sign. Mm. Mm. Bears hat back on. Maybe that's a sign. Eh, Maybe we're turning things around here, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Unbiased hat back on. Fuck, we got a lot of divisional Uh, games in prime time, don't we? All right. Entire schedule, where we think they're going to fall. We'll talk about the entire season win total and where we're placing some bets there here very shortly in the betting preview. However, the Bears win total is at 7.5, just so you guys know a little bit of a preface here. Now, within the NFC North, I went back and forth on this, whether this was me being a Bears fan or this was me being a football analyst. And I'm leaning right now, and it's going to come down. Those are very tough positions to play the Packers. Um, I'm leaning right now that we split with the Packers. There's always just something goofy, something weird. Look at this guy already laughing, thinks he's a funny guy over here. But if he's crying after one of those losses... Either way, that's more of a lean for me. So I think they get both games over the Lions unless some goofiness happens in the fourth uh, quarter again and they get one from the Vikings. So I think either they go four and two in the conference or they go three or in the division or they go three and three uh, with two losses to the Packers. I think it's a little bit more me leaning to as a Bears fan. I don't know that they can necessarily get the job done. That defense might have a few too many question marks in my mind. However, Mr. Packers fan, I know you already think they're winning the division, so you ain't even got to tell me that. Where do you think the Bears finish here in the NFC North? Yeah, I, I do think they get a split with the Vikings. That seems pretty uh, pretty much of a big trend here the last few years is that these two, you can almost pencil in a split with those two teams. 
the Lions haven't been that much of a different story for them. However, we get Matt Stafford out of there, so that obviously helps your Bears. I think they get both of those games there. I think the Lions might be real, real bad, as much as I like uh, Motor City Dan Campbell. Uh, but I have no, I uh, there's no way I can take my bias hat off, and I don't think I am being biased that I don't think they're going to get either of those games against the Packers. Certainly not that second one in Lambeau when the Packers are coming off their bye week. Um, and then that week six game, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback, so I, it's tough to even speculate on that game, let alone, uh, you know, give them a win there. So I'm going to go three wins for the Bears out of the NFC North. Yeah, I, the more as I listen to you talk about that unbiased Bears uh, opinion, I think it's going to be closer to three and three as well. So we always talk about them. They got eight other games outside of their main division games. Those will be against the AFC North and the NFC West. Now out of the AFC North, I see them getting wins over the Bengals for sure. And Morvaline against the Steelers. You heard me and Mags talk both about the Steelers. We're not super high on them offensively. So if they sputter at all offensively against the Bears, I think by that point, by the time that they face them in week nine, they'll have some things figured out offensively, whether either Nagy will let Lazor stop running this mm-hmm. offense into the ground, or we might actually have Justin Fields and things are clipping right along and Nagy's career is saved. Who knows? I don't know, but I think they get those two wins. And then depending on where Cleveland is at in week three, early in the season on the road, I'm a little, I'm a little less optimistic there. So I would say they go two and two in the AFC North, especially. I don't think they get the job done against Baltimore, but as a bears fan, fingers crossed, let's get the job done there, boys. Uh, NFC West, I think we see a tight game against the Cardinals. Uh, Might be a shootout back and forth. Could potentially get the job done there. But I don't see wins as an analyst from uh, the Rams, from the Seahawks, or from the 49ers. Uh, Matt Stafford knows the Bears so damn well coming in in week one. And... I don't know. I'm a little little concerned there, my friends, if I do say so myself. So I would say overall, outside of uh, the the main division games for the Bears, they go three and five uh, outside of that. Yeah, I'm a little torn on these ones. Uh, it does not help that they're going to L.A. or Seattle. I think he got two losses there and then the Niners at home. I, I think the Niners are going to be a bad matchup for the Bears. Uh, so as far as the AFC North, I think you get a win against the Bengals. That Steelers game is the one that I really don't know about. I think that game is going to be a very, very heavy defensive game. I'll say right now, I'm taking the under on that game. I would Chances say so are, too. Yeah, I would say so uh, too. Because I like the matchup for both defenses. I don't like the matchups there for the offense. And not to mention that game is coming off of Packers, Bucks, Niners. So I don't know. And it's sandwiched right before the Ravens. So I really don't know what to expect there. Are they going to be beaten, battered up, or are they going to be coming off some tough losses looking to get their lick back? I don't know. So I'll give you, I'm not, I don't know. I am low on the Steelers, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm less optimistic. So I'm going one and three there. And I I don't like you, your chances against the Cardinals, especially because they got a four game or four day rest advantage against you. So very, very unoptimistically, I'm giving you a one and seven out of that stretch there. That is very unoptimistic, but. I, I don't like your chance. One in seven. You said three. Now that's a little. That's a little. Uh, I said three and five. I mean one in seven. That's a little bit of a Packers bias there. If I, I don't do think say so. so. The myself. NFC West I think is going to be the toughest division in the entire NFL. Uh, Cardinals with a four game rest advantage there. I don't like your chances there. Yeah, and it's uh, great, but I uh, maybe the Steelers. You can talk me into the Steelers. So I'll say two and six. 
All right, two and six either way or three and five, but it's not looking great. It's very tough outside of the division for the Bears. So uh, there you go. Not great. So right now we got him. Uh, I got him at five wins overall or uh, six wins overall right now so far. That all being said, they have three remaining games outside of their eight non-divisional games and the six division games. They play against the Raiders, the Giants, and the Bucks. I think we get the win against the Raiders and the Giants, which would uh, put me right at, over the threshold of 7.5 at 8 total wins for the Bears and uh, lose to the Buccaneers. So I see 8 wins for the Bears this season. Might be a little bit more optimistic than most. I think they squeak out a few of these wins that are a little bit more question marks uh, in the mind of not only NFL fans but NFL betters. I think they squeak out a few of those and uh, go 8-9 and nine here on the season. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll give you the win against the Giants. No question about that one. I do not like the Giants this year. Week 17, uh, yeah, I have to imagine that the Bears, that's just a bad matchup for the Giants. And as far as the Bucks, I already said, uh, you know, the, they did beat the Bucks this past year, but I think, uh, you know, unless there's some type of injury concern with the Bucks, they are going to be looking to get their lick back back in Tampa. Uh, yeah. So I've got no high hopes for the Bears in that one. Yeah. Um, but then as far as the Raiders, I think uh, I think that's going to be a really solid game. We don't know. That's one of my biggest question marks for any team in the entire NFL. And so the way I was rationalizing it, maybe this isn't the best way to do it. But as far as those Raiders, the Raiders and Steelers game, I kind of see a split there. One or the other, I think you're going to find a way to win. One or the other, I think you're going to find a way to lose. Um, so I'll say two and one there uh, optimistically for you for your sake. Oh, optimistically for my sake. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for your sympathy. So uh, overall, that would put you at how many wins? That put you at seven? Seven. Seven wins overall. So you'd go under, I'd go over. But hey, what a segue. Let's talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, win total here in just a minute. Uh, all the bets once we get uh, through a little bit more. But hey, that's the full schedule, some of the matchups, and our opinions with those bad boys. Let's get into today's betting preview. Mm -hmm. For the Chicago Bears. All right, first things first, ladies and gentlemen, we got to take a look at some of the key 2020 ATS and over-under trends for the Chicago Bears. Now, not a whole lot you can draw here. Uh, me and my partner had a brief conversation as well. Yesterday, we were banging the drum on away dogs, and you might have to temper expectations just a little bit on away dogs. Maybe not necessarily. It might have to be a little bit of a feeling out process. Not too sure. We'll just have to let you know as we get closer to kickoff. But being an away dog, there weren't any fans in the crowd or fans at the stand. Uh, the fans are the crowd. Fans in the stand last year, so obviously gave away dogs a little bit of a, a distinct advantage there. So not too certain. Why do I mention that? Because the Bears do have some decent away dog numbers. So let me tell you a little bit about those aforementioned numbers, ladies and gentlemen. In 2020, the Bears were an underdog on an average of 2.2 on their lines. They come in here, a uh, little less respect from the books, 2021 as a 2.6 point dog. They're only favored in four games this season, and they are underdogs in 13 games this season, my friend. So not looking ideal there. And then as far as against the number, uh, they were 8-8 eight eight ATS last season, 1-2 ATS as a favorite, and 7-6 and 
ATS as a dog. At home, didn't fare too well at all. 3-5 ATS overall. 0-2 ATS as a home favorite and 3-3 ATS as a home dog. A little bit better on the road, but once again, uh, like I told you guys, I don't know if you can read all too much into that. We'll continue to uh, monitor things as they progress. But 5-3 ATS on the road. 1-0 ATS as a road favorite and 4-3 ATS as a road underdog. So some of the key ATS numbers there. As far as the game totals, over-unders go. Once again, a team that uh, we can't really draw any trends from here. 45.2 was their 2020 average game total line. It's pretty doggone similar here Mm -hmm. in 2021. Uh, A whole bunch of 44, 45, and 46s, and then you got a few 42s for some of those lower defensive games sprinkled in here and there. They were also, much like their straight-up record 8-8, their ATS record 8-8, their over-under record was (laughs) 8-8 as well. They were 3-5 over-under at home. Five and three on the road, two and one to the over as a favorite, and eight and six to the under as an underdog. So, some key trends you can take a look at there. And you guys already know I'm a fan of the teaser. You teaser, we teaser, we all have a teaser. Oh, I thought something that better. Was, yeah, I thought something better. <laughs> teaser squeezer. I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, didn't yeah, want, I didn't want to go down a rabbit hole. There's a pretty decent at teaser, teasers, huh? Yeah, I did. But, however, <laughs> My Bears, much like a few other teams we have mentioned before, are a team that need to be added to your teasers. In 6, 7, and 10-point teasers, respectively, the Bears in 2020 held a record of 12-4, and 13-2, and 15-1. and So once again, you try and do uh, juice it up a little bit, add a few extra legs to those 10-point teasers. Bears definitely worth a little add, a little uh, final closing leg there. Outside of that, that does it all. For the 2020 ATS over-under. And hey, sprinkle a little teaser trend there for you as well. Now, can't just talk about 2020. We got to talk about 2021. We got to look ahead into things and see what we're doing here first. Now, before we go anywhere and break down week by week, tell you about the lines and potentially the game totals as well, if those have any value. Week one, Sunday night football. It is only... That'll be 36, 37, 38, 39 days away. We, we, the Chicago Bears, are playing the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Bears are going into L.A. as seven-point dogs. Now, in general, this would be a game that I would stay away from because I just don't know. But. From what we have seen in week one games, either between the Bears and Packers and Bears and Rams over the course of the last few seasons or early week games, they are incredibly damn tight and neither offense can put the ball in the spot that it needs to go, that being the end zone. So I have high faith that that's going to happen again. It's going to end a field goal game and I will gladly take the plus seven points gun to my head. Again, probably would stay away, get a little closer, might think about hammering it if I know some more information. Again, afraid of Matt Stafford a little bit if I do say so myself Mm -hmm. has an elite offense now to help him out and has been seeing the Bears for the course of multiple seasons now so that would be my pick Bears plus seven week one partner week one pick against the LA Rams way too early week one pick what are you hammering in my I would be probably staying away from this game because there's a lot of Different question marks here. I think the Rams defense will play really well against the Bears offense, but 
I just don't know what to expect. I have very high hopes for this Rams team and Matt Stafford in that offense. Just not sure what we're going to see right out of the gates here against the Bears. Having said that, he does see the Bears, uh, you know, has seen the Bears twice a year for the last decade. So he does know them well. So maybe that actually probably will, will lend into their hands. But seven points is a lot of points. So for that reason, I'm staying away. If it was a lot closer, then I'd be hammering in the Rams. But uh, gun to my head, I kind of agree with you. I think it'll probably be a closer game, lower scoring game. Another one that I might be in interested in that under actually under 44 and a half because i do like the defenses in that game or at least the rams defense but i guess gun to my head i'll go bears plus seven yeah i could definitely see like a 17 13 type of game 20 to 17 or something somewhere in that ballpark well um yeah that'd be perfect for an under 44 and a half Mm -hmm. so hey not a bad move there either so maybe the most valuable play there early look ahead week one way too early pick for the rams and bears under 44 and a half ttl crew's best bet of the day what do you know about all that nonsense? Hey, hey. Way too early pick. A <laughs> uh, few other uh, lines to mention. Actually, I'll just uh, run through them all. And uh, Mag, shout out anything here if uh, you might see some potential value, or I'll stop and uh, say anything if I do too. Um, but they in weeks two, three, and four, they play the Bengals, come in as minus three and a half point favorites, seven point dogs to the Browns, and five and a half point favorites to the Lions. Only one I'd really be interested in there is the three and a half to the Bengals. Outside of that. I just don't know what the heck these teams are. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was just looking. The Bengals are actually our team for tomorrow. They get the Vikings week one, so we're going to get a nice little look at them. If they come out and you know beat up the Vikings, then hey, that might that might change that lineup a little bit. I'm not expecting that by any means. I don't like a lot of their nope. pieces, so I would probably t- like the Bears in that game. And then, uh, yeah, it's just too soon for me to lean any type of way here. Again, you, plus seven, the Bears will probably right. play a lot of close games. You might like that, but yeah, I'm like yeah. you were kind of alluding to earlier, what are we going to see from the Browns right out of the gate? Right, yeah, and if you're if you're more just leaning somewhere, I, I w- and I see either way. as you are really biased for the Bears. It. Sorry, yeah, as you are biased for the Bears, I am very biased against the Bears, so I typically just stay away from them. Kind of treat it as one of those teams that I even just though can't. I'm biased, I don't bet. I don't bet them. That's right. the golden rule of the NFL. You don't bet your damn team. You just don't bet your team unless you're a Packers fan because it seems to always fucking work out for them. Whoopee, cheeseheads. Either way, keep it moving right along. Five, six, and seven. They come in as three and a half point dogs to the uh, Raiders. I'm sorry about that, Rams. Raiders. Uh, three and a half points. I'd be interested in taking in that. Vegas? Uh, coming in as two and a half point dogs to the Packers at home. That'd be the game I would think that they would split if they split either one of them. Come in in week seven, eight, and nine against the Buccaneers as 10 point dogs. No interest. Four point dogs against the 49ers. No thanks. And then Pittsburgh. Little bit of a question mark, five and a half point dogs there. I don't mind the extra five and a half points, something maybe to look at. Obviously, week 10 by, and then 11, 12, and 13 come in as three and a half point dogs to Baltimore. I would think that line would be a little bit higher, but hmm. hey, hmm. there you go. Interesting. Uh, three point favorites over Detroit in week 12, one and a half point dogs almost a pick them against Arizona in week 13 so the books are kind of thinking the same as I am a little bit of a shootout there and kind of one of them late season determining factor game maybe for both teams potentially. that's a big game maybe I, for both teams. I think that's gonna be a big one uh then you got them coming in as five and a half point dogs in Lambeau against the Packers then 
plus one point dogs against Minnesota in week 15. That game is in uh, Soldier Field. Maybe soon will be Arlington, Chicago Park, Chicago Bears <laughs> Park. Who knows? Hopefully you already know that that bad boy is just right around the corner from the TTL Production Studios if it were to go there. However, wrapping it up, week 16, 17, and 18, you got the Seahawks. They come in as plus five and a half point dogs in Seattle, minus two point favorites back at home against the Giants, and then four point dogs against Minnesota in minnesota so anything uh kind of stick out any of those lines keys there most of them i would stay away from if i was interested in anything it'd be that baltimore line that seems a little fishy to me why is that so low that plus one and a half against arizona i could see something fishy happening there potentially outside of that i'd, I'd pretty doggone much stay away from everything here uh this season as far as the bears go yeah i uh since we were already talking about it earlier i'm talking myself more into that raiders game i uh especially if it's at plus three and a half that vegas uh stadium could be a bit of a uh 50 50 type fandom type deal there a lot of bears fans are going to be traveling to vegas especially in year one here where they're playing actually in their new stadium in vegas well also too you could just have tourists who ain't even fans of nobody and that's they just show too. up to so, watch a football game so you know i i'm not sure where where my opinions on the raiders lie yet but i i that might be one of my uh games that i'm keen in on actually siding with the bears there for sure well hey got you over for at least one game one game hot yeah. damn Hot damn. All right. And then the, maybe the Lions as well. So. Um, and then as far as any game totals go, like I told you guys, they're right around the 45, 46, 47, 44 mark, right around in there. And then you have some of the lower ones. Uh, we told you that we'd both be interested in 44 and a half in week one. Uh, 44 and a half against the Lions, potentially two. Uh, you know, you got, uh, it's just a lot of those same numbers. I mean, honestly, 44 and a half, 45 and a half, 45 and a half, 45, 46 and a half, 45 and a half, 45, 42. You know, and then there's those little deviances, 42 and and a half there's just those little things there so no concrete trends to pull from 2020 or yeah. even even really the seasons before so i you know it's just going to kind of be a toss up on the number but <laughs> week one i like the under 44 and a half yeah i think they're going to be another team that's just going to be too unpredictable from both sides of things here i am uh you know i was thinking about it we talked about desmond true font Terrible on the Lions last year. Matt Stafford got a very good eye on him in practice oh, last year. Hell. He might just be picking on him all oh, night. God, and I forgot even quicker exit for Desmond Trufant there. So uh, you know, wow. I you know maybe wow. I'm just I might just have to stay away from the Bears the spreads and over unders altogether this season because. As much as they do have some solid pieces, there was some games where they gave up 30 or so points. So I, I think I might, this might be my number one stay away team for me. Yeah, it's, I'm right there on the same page with you. And, you know, I, I don't know. Either way, I just don't think there's a whole lot of betting value on the Chicago Bears. No. It, it's just going to take. It's going to take the exact specific spot. Maybe if you see us hammer it in a specific spot, you should think about doing that because, holy shit, we found value on the Bears, yeah, and it maybe. is a very, very specific play. So, yeah, maybe for my partner. But uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> keep it moving right along outside of that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got the season win total. Now, I told you just a little while ago, it is currently at seven and a half. Now, I'm not too certain if this is just me being a uh, little bit of a Bears fan here. I, uh, you know, I, I counted out eight wins there. Even if uh, we both we drop two to the Packers, I think we split with the Vikings and split uh, or, or get two out of the two with the Lions, rather, uh, in the division game. So, you know, I think we get eight wins here, and I think it's a squeaker and a half. 
And, you know, I would take the over at plus 105 right now. The under is at minus 125. And I could probably take out the words out of your mouth, but where are you leaning here? Yeah, I'm going under, my man. At the same time, I don't know if I'll be hammering that in or not because over the years, even when the Bears are a question mark team, like I was kind of alluding to, I find it hard to believe that they're going to beat the Steelers, Cardinals, and Raiders. So that's kind of where part of that is lying. But in the same vein, they typically do find a way to pull one out against one of these very good teams, right. uh, which is always very bizarre. So for that matter, I probably may not be hammering this in, but for what it's worth, I'm definitely uh, in siding with the under. Sure. And you heard both of us. I'm at eight. Mags is at seven, so we're right around in that ballpark. So maybe the alternate win total doesn't have so much value. There's some alternate uh, over eight and a half is at plus 180, over nine and a half plus 290. So if you're a little bit high on them, maybe some value there. You're lower on them, under six and a half plus 140, under five and a half plus 200. So a little bit to think about there, but I mentioned the exact win totals. Now I'm not sure, free plug, if this is only available on FanDuel Sportsbook or not, but they do have the exact win totals right. on there. Now, it's very interesting. The lowest odds and the closest odds are both seven wins and eight wins, and it's at plus 550 for the both of them. Now, if you're siding with me, I suggest hammer in the eight. If you're siding with Mags, I suggest hammer in the seven. I don't think it's a bad bet either way, but then some very interesting things to also look at. You go up to nine and 10 wins. Those are both at plus 700, and then you go down to six, five, and four wins at 600, 700, and plus 750, respectively. So kind of interesting to see some of those numbers there. They're all right around kind of the same ballpark. So I don't think, I think the book has much of a, I don't really know. They always kind of right. squeak it out as much as, as much as we do, or they could definitely lose those games too. So just some value for, uh, for us to dish out, potentially uh, you to hammer in as well. Just something to look at and take note of there, my friends. Make miss the playoffs right now is yes at plus 200 and no at minus 250. I don't know, but partner, where are uh, you siding here with the yes/no for the Bears to make the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I'm siding with the no. You don't really have to ask me here. I think it's going to be a little too muddy. I don't expect uh, whether it's eight and eight, obviously not eight and eight, whether it's eight and nine, nine and eight. However, uh, the split goes this year with the extra win. I kind of see him right around there. Obviously, I was thinking on them lower, so no from me. And then I think there's just going to be few too many teams in the NFC that are going to be vying for that last spot. So I'm uh, I'm siding with the no. They If they get both games against the Vikings, then there's some possibility there. They knock off the Cardinals. Definitely some possibility. But for me, it's a hard no. Shocker. <laughs> well, that being said, um, I, I'm not running to the window for it by any means, but I would side with the yes. It is also going to be a little tricky. I do agree with you with the 8-9 and nine potentially happening. I mean, who knows if that's uh, going to be good enough to get you into the playoffs this year with how a lot of these teams are starting to shape up in the offseason, preseason. You know, we got the doggone Hall of Fame game tomorrow, so here we go right around the corner, and it's coming up quick, fast, and hurry. So I would side yes. I think they squeak in there somehow one way or another. I think that's what this Bears team is yet again, but is 8-9 and nine going to be good enough? I don't know. Telling you, don't run to the window for it, and uh, we're both on opposing sides, so not really any value there, obviously, either. So, last but certainly not least, Division, Conference, and Super Bowl. I do not believe... I... You don't even need to ask me. I can't believe I am about to say this right now. I think the Packers win the NFC North. There's just... 
they're on the, they're on their whole you know you guys have seen the whole bullshit 12s rolling around cheesehead land in his aston martin and blaring tunes and you got the reunion of him and cobb and everybody's happy and go lucky and man i i, I yeah they're gonna win that division this season so i don't think there's any bears on there they're right now a plus 500 to win the nfc sorry North. the table's rising over here yeah 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 <laughs> get get the hell out of here uh outside of that uh no real value either for me to win the conference super bowl as a bears fan would love to see it would love to see some crazy shit happen again but uh NFC winner, they're at plus 2,400, currently currently 10th. And then to win Super Bowl 56 coming up this year, they are at plus 5,000 to win that bad boy. So not the lowest, but not the highest by any means. So, partner, any value for you there? Obviously, I don't really even need to you ask don't you. Need to ask no me. Value. You don't yeah, need to ask me. There's no value there whatsoever. <laughs> Partner's not touching any of that nonsense. So, there you go, my friends. There you have it. This is a daily sports gambling show. I've been wanting to do this for go a while. Go for it. Go ahead. I've just been wanting to do, do this it. for a while. It's kind of been feeling good. So here I am. Here we go. Uh, so Daily Sports Gambling Show. We just gave you all of our best betting analysis, betting advice, everything we can possibly give you guys for the 2021 Chicago Bears betting season. In summary, what's what's the word or phrase phrase I'm looking for here? Oh, yeah. Stay the fuck away. It's just probably mm. the best idea if you just don't bet too much on the Chicago Bears this season. So... We'll let you know, like I said, if, hey, we hammered in from week to week, you obviously may follow us on the Action Network app or might stumble onto TalkingTheLine.com, see some of our picks there. Who knows what happens, but you might get them there. If you see us hammering the Bears, maybe think about playing that because it's a very specific, valuable spot. Now, all that being said, that's all of the betting preview. Keeping it light, keeping it fun, you know, little kickback cold here with the mic in hand. Let's do our best rendition if you will of fantasy advice okay in the segment that we have now coined partner as start stash or pass so ladies and gentlemen it is time if you have been sticking around waiting around hanging around maybe you dipped out and came back for this part of the show oh you're in for some good stuff here we got plenty of hot takes plenty of stuff to talk about and you know Deep down in the bottom of our hearts. Right there. We're fantasy nerds to the core. We've been in a league together for the last 10 years. Almost. Me and Mags. Actually, Mags, commissioner of the league, which I don't understand how the commissioner of the league is allowed to win it two years in a row. However, that's neither on here or or there on the table at this point in time. With that being said, uh, he's already rebooted the league. We're already getting juice. We're already talking about it. Switching to some S- dynasty action. Switching though. to some dynasty action. So if you're watching the show, you're part of that league. You didn't know. Now you know, Pedro. All that being said, uh, I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. <laughs> Let's wrap things up with some fantasy advice here uh, before this show gets completely off the doggone rails. Now, first things first, my friend. The most important position on the field, the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears. Still question marks here now, but is there any value in a fantasy draft for you at this point in time on either the Red Rifle, the Red Rifle, pal, or Justin Fields? Are you targeting either in your draft and perchance that you get your hands on them one way or another? Are you starting, stashing, or passing? 
entirely. As far as the red rifle, that is uh, as emphatic as a no as I ever need. Who knows whether this guy's going to start two games or ten games. Even if he does, I've got no interest in him. As far as Justin Fields goes, it's a very interesting question. ESPN actually has him projected, and I'll take this for what it's worth. They do not have any liability if they're wrong on this. Uh, take this for what it's worth, but they are projecting him 253, which would have actually ranked 17th in front of Baker Mayfield, who actually played, uh, if not the entire season, 15 games. So that's pretty high standards for them. A pretty sizable average there. Excuse me, what's up? Why do they have him ranked that high? They haven't projected that many points until last year. That I don't know where that ranks him now for this year. I didn't Probably look that good. deep. But as far as where that would have ranked was 17 in front of Baker Mayfield, who played just about the entire season. So they got high hopes for him. Okay. Um, to put in perspective, a different guy, Justin Herbert, last year scored 332 points, but he took over in week two, and that was the ninth overall fantasy quarterback. So... Mm-hmm. You know, my personal strategy, I can't imagine he's going to be on the board because uh, we got a 12-man league, and I believe there's at least 10 Bears fans in this league, so there's no chance that I'm going to have any chance at Justin Fields. But, I, you know, I wouldn't ha- hate to have him on my team. I would love – I shouldn't say I would love to stash him, but uh, would definitely be interested in stashing him if for – whatever reason he fell to the very late rounds of our draft, which I absolutely do not imagine, especially dynasty. Cause he actually definitely, definitely has some dynasty value. Uh, but as for, as for me, I'll technically say stash. I would have to agree with you. Uh, Andy Dalton, I am passing all completely. I ain't targeting yeah, him in a, not even worth the in a fantasy draft. I'm not targeting him anywhere off waivers, nowhere in particular. Now, Justin Fields, once again, like you, I don't think I'm going to be able to get my hands on him. Maybe in another league, one of my other leagues, or maybe in DFS, he'll be a solid ad here or there. But I don't know that I'm going to be able to get my hands on him. Now, that all being said, I do think if by some perchance I can get my hands on him, and maybe somehow he falls to the waiver wire, he is definitely worth a stash for the time being. I don't know that you start him right off the bat. Obviously, we have to see what the Bears do offensively and who they actually start week one and then going forward from there. And then maybe it's still going to be a question mark week to week as to when Justin Fields, number one, actually makes his debut. So stash him for now. If you can get your hands on him, stash the hell out of him because uh, especially if you're in a dynasty league, like you mentioned, I mean, if you can do that, you have some serious long-term value on him. As I hate to say it, even if the Bears break him, I think somebody else can fix him. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want that to happen. So <laughs> I really, really fucking don't want that Can't to happen. I believe you're but, putting that uh, out in the world. I know. I, but I, I, you know, I just, everybody, everybody's thinking it. I got to be the one to say it. So there you go. There you have it. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen. All right. That being said, my friends. And you're Order. a big, uh, sorry, but you're a big speak things into existence guy. That is very shocking coming from your mouth. <laughs> the Bears are not going to break Justin Fields. He's right, going to have go. the most electrifying rookie season any one of you minuscule fellow human beings will have ever seen in your mm. life, and you will have to bow down <laughs> to the king that has become Justin right. Fields of the National Football League. Now, partner, back on the tracks here. Back on the tracks. 
any value you're seeing here fantasy-wise as uh, far as a draft perspective or uh, if they happen to follow you in any way, shape, or form or on the waiver wire for the Bears running back room? Yeah, man. I honestly, uh, you know, once again, I, it's very, very hard for me to imagine that any Bears players are going to be falling to me just because Bears tip players, especially if they have any fantasy value, typically get overdrafted in our league. However, I would start David Montgomery. To my surprise, he actually finished as the number four running back uh, in ESPN standard points he is a dog he very much benefited but it was very back loaded uh had a very very high average if you had him on your team for the playoffs very 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 solid end of the season um and kind of as we mentioned bill laser took over it was good for trubisky it also paid dividends for my, uh, david montgomery he had a couple big runs i'm not sure what we see from him again this year um i'm not saying he's going to be a top five fantasy running back i'm not going to go that crazy but I, I would start him, and uh, like I said, not going to overdraft for him, but I would start him. I could see him finishing top 10 running backs in fantasy. I won't overdraft for him, and I'm actually one Bears fan in our league that, or in any leagues that I see that don't target the hell out of Bears sure. players if they have some fantasy value because – I don't like putting that bad juju out into the world. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do I don't want to have to depend on them and then they have a bad week and that's the reason that the Bears <laughs> lost. I, I just I don't like to depend on that. Now that being said, I do think David Montgomery has serious RB two with potential RB one upside going into the twenty one uh season. Now I would target him later on in uh in some of the earlier rounds. I, I wouldn't go after him super early. I wouldn't say, yeah, he's gonna be a top ten running back week over week over week, but I do think he's gonna produce those key numbers for you and will be worth a solid RB two ad or if not, uh one a guy that you can handcuff with somebody else and keep an RB two rotation going if you have two two solid guys like this that you can plug and play from week to week. Yeah, and on the same vein, there's gonna be some matchup that it's gonna be a must start though. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely then that also kind of gets you Tyreek Cohen. I I think he's definitely worth a stash. I'm not going to target him in a draft because I don't know how he's going to be coming off that injury. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of the dude. I think he's going to be dominant once again, no problem. But we're going to have to see what this offense does. And about the only value that he would really produce is at a PPR. So that's why I would target him, if anywhere. But I wouldn't target him in a draft. And if you, for chance, see him around... I would say worth a stash right now, but if you can get somebody better, uh, there's definitely more more higher point scores uh, that you could target for a stash position right now. Yeah, personally, I'm passing on him, and that's not even any disrespect on Cohen. I do actually like him as a player, as far as a you know game to game standpoint is concerned. But as far as fantasy. The fantasy production just hasn't been there, even in P PPR, at least on a week-to-week -week basis. Every now and then, obviously, he hits a big play, but he just doesn't get quite the fantasy production that you expect from him, right. even in PPR, so I'm passing on him. Right. I 150% uh, concur with you there, my friend. But that all being said, um, let's talk just a little bit more. They got two other guys that uh, we need to just briefly discuss here as far as the running back room goes, uh, them being Damian Williams and then the addition of... Um, why am I Cleo Herbert. Uh, Cleo Herbert, yeah. They do also have a few other depth pieces, but it looks like that's what's uh, those are the guys that are actually going to make the roster. I think Damian Williams is also worth a stash. I think the Bears offense is good for the way he runs the ball. Now, I hope he doesn't hawk a whole bunch of the goal line work away from David Montgomery and steal all of his uh, potential fantasy value because uh, I think that's where a lot of uh, Montgomery's touchdowns will come from, at, you know, five yards and in. Um, maybe not essentially goal line, but five yards and in, I would right. say. You know, and then um, potential, remind me one more time, I just totally, uh, Khalil, Khalil Herbert, Herbert yeah. Uh, yeah, Khalil Herbert, uh, it came back to me as I was saying it. Um, 
right now i would totally pass on it but definitely worth uh maybe one of those red flags in the old waiver wire as we always talk about yeah i think as far as williams and uh, uh khalil herbert are concerned it would have to come with some their value would have to come with some uh, injury to david montgomery which uh you know he's been uh he was very healthy last year so i'm gonna be passing on both of those guys if I do find myself with uh, David Montgomery somehow, then I might actually be interested in the handcuff, handcuff for uh, Damian Williams. But overall, I'm going to be passing on those two guys. For sure. But uh, sounds like we both would uh, say worthy of a potential red flag on the old waiver mm-hmm. wire. See what they do here. As far as the receivers go, no question in my mind, you uh, should add Allen Robinson. Like I said, regardless of the receiver, regardless of our um, quarterback, what's going on in that room, he is going to produce. I think you should stash the mess out of Darnell Mooney. If people are passing on him and uh, kind of saying boo-boo, I don't think he's going to do anything this year. And You get him in the late rounds, scoop him up, my friends, because I think he is going to be doggone good and he's going to be solid from a PPR perspective. And if he gets... Two or three of those rip the top off the defense type of throws, and they go for 40, 50, 60 yards, and one of them might be a touchdown. That's a damn good fantasy mm-hmm. day, if you do ask me, especially if you only need him in a flex position. So, yeah. in my mind, target Darnell Mooney, uh, potential flex filler. Uh, outside of that, not really anything that I would super write home about. I didn't. T- we didn't talk about Marquise Goodwin uh, mm. earlier in the show. I'm high on MG. I've always liked him in the NFL. Opted out 2020 for COVID, obviously, but he's back in 2021. Bears picked him up off a of free agency from the 49ers, and I think that uh, he does he does big things. You know, he's another guy that can rip the top off the the defense. He's a speedster. That's uh, what he is. He's a smaller guy, but he's got burners, and I think he can do something. Might be another guy worth a red flag or even a flex stash uh, for one of those plug-and-play spots that you might need somebody. Yeah, good win. I, I agree with you. I'm passing, but maybe a red flag. Darnell Mooney, I would stash him as well, and then I think it's going to be a little bit more of a boomer bust for him. And in some of those games uh, with the right matchup, that's definitely going to be a start. Um, so I'll be passing on or stashing him, excuse me, but I have to imagine. I mean, I like I was saying with Montgomery, there's a 10 Bears fans in our league, and I know a few of them are very high on Darnell Mooney, yeah. so not going to be falling to me. Allen Robinson, I am very high on Allen Robinson. Number nine wide receiver last year. I'm going to go ahead and say that he's going to finish higher than that this upcoming year. Okay. Not necessarily, maybe maybe round five, six, but uh, yeah, I'll be starting him. I don't know how high I would draft him, but like you said, and like we both said, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. He produces, and it does appear that there might be a little bit more consistency this year at the quarterback position, so I think he's going to finish top 10, if not top five this year. All right. Oh, and uh, Daz Newsom, the rookie coming mm. in. Uh, I think he eventually gets some work. I think definitely worth a red flag or potentially, hey, one of those late rounds. Nobody took him. Nobody's looking at him. Scoop him up. Save him as a bench spot. He might have some serious upside. I believe he has some serious upside going into this season. So that does it all. All the wide receivers. Tight end value. No, not really. Um, Cole Komet had a very slow start to the season and then finished the season really, really well. Mm. I think that's kind of what we might see again this year. I don't know if uh, Nagy is going to make the corrections in the personnel groupings, if he's going to use more tight ends or two tight end sets as well. What exactly is he going to do this year? There's a lot of question marks in my mind for that. And, and you know, the old dog Jimmy Graham, too, just really doesn't hold a lot of value. Maybe if you want to put a red flag on these guys. But for now, I'm passing on them all, all in general. I maybe 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 lean with a stash on Komet with Mm -hmm. the upside he might have here in his sophomore season but 
right now I'm stashing on the two of them or passing on the two yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. I I might be interested in this stash on Komet. Uh, you know, I was looking at ESPN Fantasy's uh, scoring from last year. Jimmy Graham was the number 13 tight end. However, really? he did have six games under five points. So when he found the oh. end zone, he had some value. Yeah. Uh, but six games under five points. As you mentioned, I, I honestly can't remember if that was at the top of the show or even yesterday. If you get in some of those games from the tight end position, those are going to cost you some games. So I don't like that for my tight end. He scored 143 points, but ESPN now has him projected at 66. You mentioned Cole Komet came on strong. He scored 62 points last year. Now ESPN has him projected at 118. So they're projecting a big old flip from Graham and Komet as far as who is used. So for that reason, I might be stashing Cole Komet. But then we also didn't really mention they did bring in Jesse James a week or so ago. And uh, while I don't see he's going to see the, I don't think he's going to see the field a lot. It might just be a muddy, cloudy by committee type thing here even if Komet has a nice season it might not be the biggest fantasy season but like I was saying I think there's potential on Komet as far as a stash option and uh you know as is the case with the last few teams here I have sleeper interest in some of these uh tight ends as a backup here yeah I'm glad you also mentioned Jesse James stay the hell away from him pass on him Mm -hmm. all day long I tried to find value on him when he was with the Steelers Tried to find value on him when he was with the Lions, and, you know, I'm not doing it again with the Bears, and I don't think you should either. Uh, as far as kicker, nothing to tell you. They don't have Eddie Pinero in there anymore. I'm not sure who's coming in or if they've even officially signed anybody yet. Uh, and then the defense, the jury's out, my friends. I think definitely worth a stash, definitely with the upside and the names that they do have on there. If, by chance, me and Mag's both saying that these holes are not necessarily going to be as much of a problem as we think they're going to be. Definitely worth a stash. I wouldn't go out of my way. I, I think there's a lot better defenses you can target fantasy-wise, but uh, definitely worth a stash uh, if you can get him in the later rounds, but uh, either red flag him or pass him on, on him all together for the time being. Yeah, I'm going to be stashing them. They were actually the number 17 fantasy defense last year, which is not what you want to see, obviously. I think it's going to be a stash for me, and then matchup-based, uh, probably going to be starting against a handful of these teams that they're playing earlier on in the season, Bengals, Lions whoever else but uh, aside from that they're facing too many damn good offenses where even a good performance from their perspective it might not be a good fantasy performance uh you know they didn't fare if they didn't fare terribly well or terribly bad against uh as a football perspective against some of the good offenses last year but from a fantasy perspective it still wasn't very good so for that reason i'm stashing and putting them in uh you know whenever they get a good matchup against a bad offense yeah that's my thoughts exactly on that defense so i'm glad you you uh you mentioned some of those plug and play options because they definitely have those mm-hmm. options this year but uh, they're few and far between so proceed with caution on the bears defense that does it my friends our entire fantasy analysis on start stash or pass you see it on your screen and then now that officially does it for the entire chicago bears season preview Holy smokes, we went for an hour and 35. Still got the motivation minutes to bring you, so don't worry. Going to be breaking those down here for you just very shortly. But, hey, we covered the Bears' full lineup, offensive and defensive, coaching staff. We covered the schedule in its entirety, some of the deep, nitty, gritty corners of that stuff that you might not have even known about. We talked about, we gave you a full betting preview, and then we just dished out our best fantasy advice. So if you missed any of it, hey, just hit that rewind button. Go check it back out. It is all there for you and will continue to remain all there for you until the NFL season kicks off and then beyond. Maybe you got to come back, get a little bit more knowledge, some stuff that you uh, need to refresh your memory about. Outside of that, 
We got nothing more Chicago Bears to give you. Unless, partner, you had uh, anything Chicago Bears. Not your sidebar yet. Quit oh. craning your neck. Not quite yet. <laughs> anything else? For. That was All what right. it was for. So here we go. Oh, actually, no. Sorry. I wanted to ask the question. Can well, we speculate go. on when we think Justin Fields is going to get onto the field and take over Thank the job? You. I'm glad I asked. Uh, speculation. Speculation. Just speculation. looking at this season here because we mentioned it. We <sighs> six, seven, and eight. Shit. Packers, Bucks, Niners, then Steelers. I have to imagine you either, I don't think you want to wait until the bye week going into week 11. That's a long wait for that man. And I certainly don't think you drop him in week six. So does that mean week four or sooner? Week four against the Lions? It has to be. Week five Raiders? It has to be week four, if not sooner. Or are you, because, I mean, I either it's very soon or I don't think there's any way that you can drop a in against the Packers, Bucks, Niners, or Steelers. No, that's that's dumb. And that's then the dumb. best next best next best option is waiting until the bye week, week ten, to say here's the keys. You got a full week. And insert them against a freaking yeah, Ravens I know, defense. I know Screw that. I, I'm not. So then the next best option, I would say, wait till week twelve week after 12. the bye. But why the <laughs> fuck are you? Why are you wait the whole season? Why are you gonna wait a number one overall pick until week twelve? Yeah, you might as well just sit his ass entirely and depend on the red rifle. I think week four. Week four at the latest, or the Bears are fooked. I say they start him from the jump, or they're fooked. Let let him let him mess up against an elite freaking defense. Let him feel that pressure, and then go play the fucking Bengals defense. I'm not saying the Browns defense. The Browns defense is actually gonna be decent this year, but they're not perennially elite all-stars by any means so a little bit more to figure out with a little bit tougher of a defense and then bottom of the barrel year over year Detroit Lions defense and projected to go that same way once again I don't think it's bad to start him week one it's okay he's that guy he's that dog you can put him under the lights on Sunday night football to start the season that fuck I'm not you know how much money that brings Chicago I'm not disagreeing with you but Throwing him in there against that defense with a couple of young guys who are also trying to cut their teeth week one on the offensive line. Aaron Donald would he he would have a feast, man. That's what I'm saying. I think maybe and week two seems quick, but hey, maybe I guess. But I think week four is the number. I think week four is the number there. I think week four is the number too. Ah, gosh darn it, boys. And here's the thing too, is that we could uh we could start out very well potentially Three and two, four and one. And then we could be up on our high horse again, potentially squeak one out against the Packers. And then from then on out, we just get smacked in the mouth over and over and over and over and over again, which I'm I'm really hoping that's not what happens. But week six and prior, not too shabby. Week seven and on, holy cow. We'll see what happens. It's going to be tough sledding as they like to say ladies and gentlemen but officially that's uh that's all chicago bears and that's when we think justin fields might be starting please 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 anybody in the bears front office if you hear this start him sooner rather than later did we did we did just but 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 at the very latest week four week four great option against the lions great option all right be smart but that all being said that officially does it for the Chicago Bears. All right. Well, holy smokes, we just gave you an hour and 40 minutes worth of content, Bears material, fan material, NFL material, betting material, everything in between. Only a wee bit more material to give you, and that is my 
Motivation Minutes. Quick one for you here today. And if you're a fan of my Motivation Minutes, you've heard me talk about him before and share a little bit of uh, what I will also share today. But my man Russ, he is a, I don't really want to call him a rapper because he, the spectrum of his music, I mean, I, I guess you could place him as a rapper, but uh, the spectrum of his music is just bar none. He's one of the best artists out there in my mind right now because of that. Now, all that being said, um, he releases singles either at the end of the week or in the middle of the week, and uh, I just love how he releases his music. He doesn't really release albums all too much, he releases singles, that's his thing, so Today was another day when he released a single, and it's called Fate. And I said, you know what? Let's click on this bad boy and listen to this while we're in the lab, making today's show, looking through some stuff. And the first line just made me think, wow, I'm, I'm really glad I decided to click on this. This has, uh, this has a little bit of thought, a little bit of meaning behind it. And I'll share it with you and then uh, kind of give, give you some of my perspective, as I always do, and then... Uh, quickly, briefly, just kind of let you guys go about it and, and have your own rabbit hole on it and, and where can you apply it in life and, and what you're currently going through in life. And he starts this song, um, obviously, melodiously would be the would be the word, I suppose. But um, one way or another, I'm going to figure this out. Don't know where, don't know when, and I don't know how. Now, that's the part that I really want to focus on, but uh, he then continues on it. But I'm going to smoke him a drink, and I'm going to chalk it all up to fate. So kind of having that faith, that belief that, hey, it's just faith. I just kept grinding. I kept rolling. I kept doing my thing, and it happened. But what I really want to focus on is that mindset. One way or another, I'm going to figure this out. I don't know when. I don't know where. And I sure as hell don't know how. But I can promise you and you and all of you that could potentially hear this one day that I'm going to figure it out. And that's the mindset that you got to have. If you want to find some sense of success in this life, and you haven't heard me say it before, being happy, centered, and fulfilled is my level and definition of success. Not cars, not clothes, not money, not all that bullshit that I don't care about whatsoever. Not fake people surrounding me because I got a bunch of money. I don't care about that. What really matters is having this mindset. Having this mindset that I might be in the hallway that I talk about all mm -hmm. the time. I might be at the start of my day and facing nothing but flaming arrows that I talk about all the time. I might be walking the path. Everything's peachy. I'm seeing roses and daisies, sunshine and rainbows. And then the next day it's thunderstorms and barriers left right and center you got to figure out how to get through that well you may not know how you may not know how long it's going to take you to get through those things and you may not know when you're going to get through those things but i can tell you that if you keep the mindset that i don't i don't know i don't know if you could admit that that hey i don't know but i'm going to figure this out one way or another, I'm going to get that job. I'm going to make this startup business successful. I'm going to grow my online presence or my online business I've been putting off for so long. I'm going to start taking up fitness because I've been putting it off for a while. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where I'm going to work all this in. But one way or another, I'm going to figure it out. Make that your mindset. Choose to make that your mindset today. And if you need to know where my energy at, energy's at, where I'm 
living, where I'm vibrating, what I'm bringing. Hey, one way or another, we might be small now, but those of you close to us, you know our dreams and our plans and our visions for TTL Sports Media and the connections we want to make and, and where we want to go and what are our names, what we want to make in, uh, in this industry. And I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but I'm honest with that. But what I also know do, also do know is that one way or another, we're going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. And I will not accept anything less. I won't. Because I'm not a quitter. I strive for everything but perfection. Or but <laughs> everything over perfection. <laughs> not but perfection. I apologize. Over perfection. I'm a perfectionist is what I'm trying to say. And I got to kind of find that balance from time to time. But one thing that always stays consistent. I know that I'm going to get it done. Whatever that problem, that struggle, that goal, that dream, that aspiration... I'm going to get it done. And you can too. So if you want to listen to the song, uh, it is called Fate by Russ, F-A-T-E, Fate. And then also another uh, little bit of uh, brain food here, if you will. Russ also wrote a book. It's called Get Out of Your Way. Um, uh, How to Get Out of Your Own Head, I believe, is the additional subtitle. However, he wrote that and he talks about having and applying delusion, persistence, and gratitude into your life and how they can be key. I apply those three. I apply a lot of the messages messages in his book, and I suggest you do too because they're pretty doggone powerful. So something to uh, think about there, Get Out of Your Way by Russ. But one more time. As I uh, wrap these bad boys up here today, give you something to think about, let you go down the rabbit hole, whatever the case might be, remember today, my friends, one way or another, I'm going to figure this out. But I don't know when, I don't know where, and I don't know how. Keep the faith. You got it. And you're going to figure it out. That does it for my my Motivation Minutes of the day my man that was a good one i uh i don't know where to even add because you nailed it pretty uh pretty right on the head there uh that's a fantastic mindset to have and uh you not know me. not me right all the big guy yeah exactly always so. uh always giving me that stuff you know i this this is prime example i didn't really know what i was going to talk about today what i was going to speak what i was going to say and i say oh russ came up with uh, a new song here today i bet this bad boy's a banger and then those are the first lines. Mm-hmm. And then I start having some thoughts and things I can bring to you guys. And here goes Colt's Motivation Minutes. There you go. <laughs> there you are, my friend. So, hey, appreciate the kind words. Hope that uh, impacted just one of you guys. If it impacted just one of you guys, I did my job. And uh, I definitely hope it did. And and thank you to got you guys who stick all the way through the show. I know there's an enormous amount of you guys that listen to us for our sports betting uh, knowledge, our sports general knowledge, especially NFL, college football, college basketball. But from the bottom of my heart, I do this for you guys. And thank you so much to you guys that decide to stay around all the way for the end of the live show to listen to some goofball who I don't claim to be a schwami. I don't claim to be this genius who knows everything. And and you hear how I talk. I, I I'm a little off the cuff. I'm a little, I'm a little rough and rugged. I know that, but I also know a thing or two about surviving this thing called life. And in my short 25 years, I've, I've been there and done that. And there's a lot of things I, w- I won't ever share, <laughs> but I've been there and done that. So as I always like to say too, if you need a shoulder, 
You need an ear. You need anything. I don't care if I don't know who you are and this is the first time that you've stumbled upon the Talking the Line podcast and just wanted to hear about the Bears. If you need that, my DMs are always open. They will never be closed. You will never be forced away. I don't care what you say because chances are I've probably gone through it too. You need anything? That's all I got to say. Just had that uh, had that come on the old heart too. So you need anything too, the old DMs are always open, but... From the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much to uh, sticking around. Listen to me give you guys a little bit of inspiration. And uh, hey, it inspires me too. Helps me uh, keep going, keep bringing bigger and better content for you guys each and every single day. So put a period on it. That's my motivation minutes well, for there the day. You go. And what a segue. Let's put a cherry on top of the proverbial Sunday. Well, actually, first, we need to add a little bit of whipped cream on top of the proverbial Sunday that is the Talk in the Line podcast, episode number 95, on this beautiful August 4, 2021. And that is by asking. Partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to me, I do believe, and the rest of the kind folks, maybe Bears fans, joining us on episode 95 of the TTL pod on, once again, this beautiful August 4th. 2021 i'm glad you asked so uh you know this is uh you know my sidebar here i've been uh, i've told you that each day is gonna have an nfl themed thing here whether that's a on this day in history none of that today we've got something uh if that's not the case we're gonna go something with the team and uh, i'm gonna read some names partner stop me if you understand where i'm heading with this don't look at my screen here uh jim harbaugh oh, don't worry peter tom willis will Ferrer, steve walsh eric kramer dave krieg Rick Mirror, Steve Stenstrom, Moses Moreno, Shane Matthews, Cade McNown, Jim Miller, Chris Chandler, <sighs> Henry Burris, Cordell Stewart, Rex Grossman, Craig Krenzel, Chad Hutchinson, Jonathan Quinn, Kyle Orton, Brian Greasy, Jay Cutler, Todd Collins, Caleb Henny, Josh McCown, Jason Campbell, Matt Barkley, Brian Hoyer, Mitch Trubisky, Mike Glennon, Chase Daniels, and Nick Foles. Wow, those sound all like Bears quarterbacks. Wow, 33 quarterbacks to be exact since the year of 1992. A spectacular year in the NFL that saw Mr. Number 4 Brett Favre take over for the green and gold, followed by, uh, you know, you know, about 17, 16 years later by the man Aaron Rodgers. And uh, still, to this day, not two quarterbacks. There's been, I believe, five or six now, technically, but uh, 33, man, that's a lot. You should be pretty proud with that number there, huh? Yeah, breaking records day by day, <laughs> year by year. I had to. I'm sorry. I had to. I knew as soon as I heard, uh, what was it, Moses? Uh, Moses, Moses Moreno. Moreno. Because <laughs> I, 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 the first couple of names I thought I realized, and then I heard that, and I knew that it was always one that everybody goes to. Yeah. Like, what are you going to put in Moses Moreno? Like, oh, my god. Yeah, I, I That's thought... That's a lot of QBs. That's a lot of QBs. But, hey, I think the Savior might have been dropped in our laps. We might have made the move, but uh, we got to we gotta make sure we, we do things right here. Uh, yeah, about six or seven guys only started one game. Only one of them won that game, Mr. Todd Collins. So, hey, there you go. Todd Collins. There you go. Let's, uh, let's go have some Todd Collinses. Handful of guys had some winning <laughs> records there, you know? So, you know, it's not all too bad. Not all too bad, but uh, thanks <laughs> a lot. It's that bad. It's that bad. Thanks, thanks a lot for the side. Oh, sorry. Bye. I had no other, some other notes. Since 1992, the Packers have beaten the Bears 44 times. To the what Bears is with 15. you, guys? What is with you? 
hey, it's this. I didn't interrupt you during your motivation minutes, sir. Sir, thank you. Uh, Bears overall record since 1992, 216 and 248. Packers 293 and 169 and 2. Uh, the Bears have been to the seven, playoffs seven times, won the division five times. That sounds like a lot. The Packers have done it 21 times, 14 NFC North titles and counting. Are you done? Yeah, 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 I am done. Need, Tre- some, need a water break after that uh, list, though. Treading on thin ice with these sidebars, pal. Treading on fucking thin ice after that showing today. But I told you that these people aren't going to like me by the end of the show. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Our mags tells us how many quarterbacks have been for the Chicago Bears since uh, good Peter Tom Willis. Jim Harbaugh, actually. Actually, 33 since Jim Harbaugh in 1992. Hopefully, Justin Fields will be the savior to all of that. But then you also heard Mags take up the little bit of additional free time he gets to rub in the Packers' standing record against the Bears and uh, what looks like to be another repeat of their trends in the NFC Conference. Thank you for your sidebar, Mr. Magnuson. Thank you for allowing me that time. No problem at all. (laughs) My pleasure. That all being said, ladies and gentlemen... That officially does it. Episode number 95 of the Talk in the Line podcast. Let's officially put a cherry on this bad boy on top of the proverbial whipped cream that was just doused upon the Bears fans' souls. To wrap <laughs> uh, I'm glad you up preface here. it with that. Wrap things up here. Ladies and gentlemen, I got nothing else on the docket. R-Mags has nothing else on the docket. So as always, our friends, TTL Faithful, Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Bears fans, fans of the shield, fantasy football players, betters. If I missed anybody, I'm sorry. Everybody in between, far and wide. For myself and Mags, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Wednesday, unless you have other plans. Now, I know we didn't dish any out today. Quick pause, quick brief before we let you go. You need some picks? Make sure you follow us on the Action Network app. I am at Kush underscore with underscore Colt. Riley is at RMAGS in all caps. We did dish some out there, but you can also find even more on the TalkingTheLine.com website. So you need picks. You need MLB plays today. We got you covered too. We're handicappers at the end of the day. We're just so excited for the NFL. We got to keep bringing you special editions and getting everybody as prepared as we will be to cash tickets and run them to the window all night long and all day long, depending when the game is during the NFL season. So I just said it, didn't want to say it, but we just love it so much and it's our motto. So y'all get on out of here, but don't stay away for too long because we need you back on episode 96. My partner already talked about it. We're bringing you the Cincinnati Bengals full season preview tomorrow, the sixth out of 32 NFL special editions. Strap in and we'll see you back here live at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow. But for now, let's cash some tickets.